Kiora, and welcome to the Ending Life Well podcast. This podcast series for carers focuses on advice and practical solutions for carers who have been thrown into the deep end, looking after a loved family member or friend in their last days, weeks or months of life. Our episode today is Advanced Care Planning. Hi, I'm Denise Van Elst, a Senior Palliative Care Nurse and Educator at Otago Community Hospice. Today, I'll be talking with Glenda Hall, also a Senior Palliative Care Nurse and Educator. Glenda has a long-term interest in advanced care planning, and that's what we'll be discussing today. Hi, Glenda. Hello. Glenda, advanced care planning, it's a big thing, really, um, but it doesn't have to be. Not at all. It Really, it's a conversation that is all an advanced care plan is. Usually when I talk to people about advanced care planning, they say things to me like, oh, yes, I've done that, and that means that they've arranged their funeral, which is a brilliant thing, but the advanced care plan is the bit before the funeral, recording your wishes and your wants and discussing that with your family. So advanced care planning really is about the living part and the funerals is about the after-living part. Absolutely. <laughs> While a very important thing to be arranging, especially if you want to have your say in it, um, but it is about the, the living part before. So an advanced care plan is a way of saying what it is you want when you perhaps can't speak for yourself. It is a conversation, hopefully with friends, family, the important people in your life. Often I think we say, oh, well, my daughter, sister, brother, they'll know what to do. Well, they don't always know. Is it the same as what you want to do in a specific circumstance? So it's an ongoing conversation about your needs, your values, your beliefs, and how you want yourself to be treated if you are unable to speak for yourself. And sometimes family, with the best intent in the world, can have different viewpoints. You know, son might say mum would have wanted this, daughter says no, no, mum would have wanted that, and suddenly we have a problem. <laughs> we have a problem. I think it's an in-house joke within health professionals is that at crucial times, the daughter, who's always a registered nurse, and she arrives from Sydney, and she has all of these ideas about what mum should and shouldn't have and every other thing in between, which often can actually create quite a lot of tension, particularly for the family that have been around and caring for mum over that time. So Glenda, you're saying it's a conversation, but actually we need to record that conversation, don't we? We do. I think there's a lot to be said, isn't there, about having some kind of document that says what do we want to do. You and I, we work with people who understand that they're dying, but actually any one of us can be dying, but we just don't know it yet. You know, there's that proverbial bus going to come round the corner. <laughs> Absolutely. When I think of advanced care planning, I think of it in sort of like three stages of my life. And at the moment, I'm a well person. And so my advanced care plan that I would want to be used, so I'll be thinking of acute care, um, perhaps in some intensive care because I have been run over by a bus. If I'm in another stage of my life, 
I have been diagnosed with an illness of some sort. It could be a cute thing like a cancer or it could be a chronic illness. So my views at this stage will have changed quite a lot. I'm probably thinking more specifically around what I would be wanting and not. And then there's that third stage is perhaps when I am nearing death. And there is probably a good chance that I won't be able to speak and articulate my wishes. So at that stage, I will be very specific probably about what it is I want and don't want in my life. It's unique to the person and has to be reflective of what that person's wishes and thoughts are. I think about when I go shopping, I always see these clothes that say one size fits all. And I think, no, they don't. <laughs> and they certainly don't look the same on all of us. I can tell that it's a little bit like an advanced care plan. It is very unique to that person, their thoughts, their wishes. It's reflected of their values. But communicating your wishes again is, is a really important part. Now, there are a couple of options for doing the advanced care plan, aren't they? So you can print one out and do it on paper. You can do it online. We will have the links to those on our website, and we'll give that information at the end of the podcast episode. They can be a little daunting when you first look at them. It is quite detailed. Great if you've got the time and the energy to be able to put into that. Great things for sitting around the table, sometimes with family members as well, too. Um, we can surprise each other sometimes with, with our wishes when we think we know somebody so well. This isn't a rigid document. You touched before how your wishes at this point are different to if you had a diagnosis of an illness, to if you were actually told that you were terminal or palliative. So the document can change. Absolutely. I think for many of us, we think that once we put something down in writing, we think it's set in concrete. Just remember yeah. that an advanced care plan is a changeable, it's an ongoing conversation. What I want today may not be what I want tomorrow. And you can update that all the time. So there's a couple of forms when you go online that you can look at. One is specifically related to your health. And that sometimes if you have uh, an illness that is progressing, that may be a better one to even start at. And again, you don't have to do an advanced care planning on these documents. You can write them on any format that you want. I have an advanced care plan in a very different format that's attached to my will. But it's absolutely no good if you write it and then put it in your bottom drawer in your bedroom and don't talk or don't give it or share it with anyone. And nobody knows it's there. <laughs> and nobody knows it's there. I would suggest sharing it with somebody, a family member, uh, or somebody who has your enduring power of attorney, with your GP, with your consultant. People shy away from these conversations because they think we don't want to upset somebody. My experience is that people actually have a sense of relief around being able to talk about these really important matters in their life. There's a great game that you can play as well, isn't there, that is a lovely way of getting this discussion going with the people you want to talk to, and it's called the Go Wish Game, that you can play it online. It is. It's, it's a great conversation starter. It's a game of cards, and you hold up the card, and it could say something like, 
I don't want to die alone. And then you rate it as being incredibly important to you, somewhat important or not important at all. And you just go with your gut feeling. The things that you find from family that can be surprising. I was with um, a couple once and he was nearing end of life and we were playing um, this game and one of the questions is, where do you want to die? Do you want to die at home? And this couple were very close and she immediately answered and said, Oh, well, yes, yes, he will want to be at home. You know, that's where he wants. And he said, well, hang on a minute. We haven't actually talked about this. And so this whole conversation went in many directions from there. How wonderful. It was just, it's a starter. It's exactly what it is. So, Glenda, what are some of the things that you might record in an advanced care plan? Things that um, are important to you. So what is it that you would like at the end of life? And it doesn't always have to be you know, the dramatic thing that I want the machine turned off. It can be, I want a family member with me. It can be that it's really important to me that my hair is washed every other day or something. It can be just really important things to yourself. When my mum was very poorly, she would go to the hairdresser still and I would go, Mum, really, is it worth the effort? <laughs> and she said yes. And the hairdresser turned around and looked at me and she said, I would be having this as well too. It doesn't have to be these great big things. It can be these these smaller things that make meaning to you in your life. You don't have to do everything either. If you're using that document... You don't have to complete every question. (laughs) Gosh, that one's not important. I don't really care. But actually another part is, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Yes, this is important to me. It's a conversation is what it is that this document is. It's a prompt. Making you think about things that you hadn't actually thought, oh, is that important? It doesn't need to be complicated. The advanced care plan, it's a way of recording these wishes of yours. It's a really tidy way to keep things all together. Glenda, is it legally binding? Very good question. It does reflect your code of rights and the um, health and disability in that you are making an informed choice and informed consent about what it is that you are wanting. Most doctors would be very relieved to actually know what it is that the person's wanting and wishing if there's a crucial um, decision to be made. So while not being trialled yet in New Zealand, we are confident that that it would stand up in a court of law. They would have to have a very good reason to go against your wishes. Yes. On that, though, one point is that while you can say you would like a treatment to be done, they can't be bound by that. However, if you say you don't want a particular treatment, if, for example, I don't want life-sustaining measures, um, they are, you know, really obliged to, to follow that. Absolutely. So you can actually even take that a step further by putting an advanced directive. An advanced directive is a legal document, so that has to go through your lawyer to be drawn up. An example I usually give is that um, if I have renal problems, I can say I definitely do not want to go on to dialysis. 
and I decline dialysis under any circumstances, but I cannot say I demand a kidney transplant. So it's a specific area that you can either um, decline but not demand. Which makes sense. Yes. So Glenda, we've talked about the advanced care plan and the advanced directive. How do they then apply around an EPOA, an enduring power of attorney? An enduring power of attorney, I think, are some of the most important documents that people can actually complete. It can make life a lot easier for yourself and your family if you do have an enduring power of attorney. So you've got the two types. You've got your financial and you've got your health. And the health one is the one that we're um, talking specifically about here. People think that an enduring power of attorney um, with health means that you can actually start um, giving advice, suggestions, before it is actually enacted. So an enduring power of attorney only comes into effect when you're not able to speak for yourself. If somebody is an enduring power of attorney, then the advanced care plan's really helpful for them, isn't it? Because now they've got a really strong guideline of what you want. Absolutely. It's a relief, I think, for all members of the family to know that they are actually fulfilling what mum's wishes are at this time. And it's a, it's a hard time. It's a tough time for everybody. But it's also a very special time to know that you're fulfilling what it is that your family member would be wanting. This is about you and your wishes. So I think an advanced care plan is something that everybody should be thinking about. You said that it's important for everybody. I think that's quite a key thing, really. This isn't just about somebody who has been told they're dying, but actually if you're caring for somebody, and, and I've often said where there might be a couple and maybe the wife is caring for the husband who's been told he has a limited time left, um, actually then who would speak for her? Because it's easy to assume when there's a couple that one part of the couple will speak for the other. But actually, you know, we both need that, don't we? So it might not be me that I have only a short time to live. But who will speak for me when my partner's gone? Therefore, I need an ACP as well. So it's, it's us sitting down and doing them together, isn't it? It's not me saying, right. You've been told you haven't got long to live. You have to tell me this. You have to fill this out. Actually, we all need to fill one out. Absolutely. It's really important that everybody has that opportunity. We skirt away from things that make us feel uncomfortable. And writing an advanced care plan does make us feel uncomfortable at times. But it actually can be also very liberating that you can think that you've got your voice in your care for as long as you're alive and that's a pretty amazing thing to think oh and it's also so supportive for your family um, that they know that you're being cared for the way that you want to be cared for so actually it's quite a gift that you give your family or your friends the ones who are caring for you because it takes the weight off them totally. making a decision Totally. It lifts a burden. So we should all be going online, looking for the links. <laughs> <laughs> and if you can't go online, ask your health professionals. Talk to your GP. Talk to <clears throat> your practice nurse and say that you've heard about this. 
how do I access it? What can I do? If you're seeing your consultant, talk to them. And so have those discussions. And as you say, Denise, it's a gift that you can give to your family members. Glenda, thanks for talking with us today. It's such an important topic that people need to just be thinking about how can I make sure that my voice is heard um, and how can I give this to my family so that they know what I want. Thank you very much, Denise, for asking me to join you today. And as you, as you say, there's something that I feel is very important. It can be very liberating. So it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be in jargon. It's your thoughts, your wishes, and you're sharing that with the people that matter. Thank you, Glenda. And thank you for listening today. This podcast was brought to you by Otago Community Hospice with support from Hospice New Zealand. If you found this discussion helpful, check out our other episodes of Ending Life Well, a podcast series for carers. You can also find more resources for caring for a person who's dying at otagohospice.co.nz forward slash education.